Okay, so Jamel, it's your first time being on a podcast. Is it okay if I mention that you're a Marine uh, since this is a war movie? Or you were a Marine? Um, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, once and always. Um, I'm just <laughs> Semper Mellow on Twitter anyway. It's not like I'm hiding from it. Oh, yeah. Somebody would figure that out. Yeah. Uh, I didn't go into this thinking so. I've seen The Marine. This movie is nothing like that. Mm. Yeah, no, we don't. We don't talk about that movie. Oh, what? I, I like the Marine. Why? I'm I'm a Cena fan. Like, I, it was bad, but like, I mean, it's fun. It's it's cool to like. You could like a bad movie. Right? I, I I found myself. I I don't even have a lot of. It's like, no command insight, but I I felt like there's this movie has nothing to do with being a Marine. Oh no, hell not at all. <laughs> like he gets kicked out. Like the first thing he does. <laughs> well, but you just you just said it. You're missing the point. Once and always. <laughs> Once and always. <laughs> you just... You just... <laughs> the best thing about that movie is how much head trauma John Cena takes without getting a single scratch on his Holy face. Holy crap. This is John Cena. He's Don okay. Toretto's like, brother. Been, my two favorite things were when he was running through the woods at a breakneck pace. Like he, was like, a, he was like a four-wheeler out there. And then when they made that Terminator joke, I was like, that's where the movie should have ended right there. Because you couldn't top it. Like, man, it. you can't stop this guy. He's like the Terminator. Look, I'm <laughs> adding this to the list of movies we're going to watch one week. The T-1000 uh, turns and looks dead in the camera like, you son of a bitch. It <laughs> just hit me that um, they get paired again in uh, Peacemaker. Hmm. <laughs> Didn't even put that together. Because I blanked the Marine out of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. He's a Marine. It's all he knows. John Cena said, you can't see me. Or, I think I there's a better way to execute that joke. I'm going to cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time with us, we're the secret group of brown kids. Who are the secret group of brown kids? It's a secret. Uh, but you might be able to find us recording this podcast in three overlapping timelines because normal story structure is boring. Oh yeah! <laughs> All right, and on the podcast today we got Tim, hey yo, and uh, first timer, another uh, secret brown kid reveal. <laughs> that shit's always funny to me. Uh, <laughs> Jamel, secret brown kids popping up all over the place. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me. All right, and uh, don't thank me yet. We ain't done yet. Uh, <laughs> You might not be be happy with me when we're over when it's over, but <laughs> it's a pleasure just to be acknowledged, invited. You know, right on. Hey, look, you said when I told you we're doing the podcast, you said, "Well, when am I going to be on it?" I said, "That's up to you." And then you never messaged me. <laughs> that is that is absolutely true. That's all on me. He's playing hard to get. He's like, when he's just sitting at home waiting, like when 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 am I going to get the call? Meanwhile, I'm like, man, when's he going to call me? Anyway. Uh, this is part three, the last part of our Christopher Nolan miniseries of his films Grounded in Realism in honor of uh, Oppenheimer coming out uh, in a couple weeks here. So we did Following, which was his first, very first movie. We did Memento, which was his second movie. And if you don't count Insomnia, <laughs> he he didn't do another like realism movie until dunkirk in 2017 memento was 2000 so 17 mm -hmm. years later oh that's a long uh, time 
Yeah, yeah and I'm great. obviously I'm not counting. Well, I said we're we're not counting Insomnia, Insomnia okay. which it's it's the it's not a bad movie at all. It's actually a really good movie. It's just the only movie of his where he didn't write it. Um, and he wrote the screen or he rewrote the screenplay or something and he might not have gotten credit, but that still doesn't count. Like he came up with everything else, or at least him and his brother did. Right. So it was a long gap. I mean, he, you know, inside that gap, you got the dark Knight trilogy, prestige inception interstellar. So he, he was definitely doing his thing. Just, it got to the point where I remember when this movie was coming out, I, I was already a Nolan fan, but I was like, a normal movie? Oh, <laughs> it's not sci-fi. It's not bad. Like it's not Batman. Like I didn't. I honestly didn't think I was like I was intrigued a little bit because I was like, well, what's he gonna do? But at the same time, I was like, uh, it's not gonna live up to nothing else, and I might be let down. And I was fucking wrong. But anyway, we'll get into that. So no. currently streaming on <laughs> Netflix in the U.S. and uh, starring Fionn Whitehead. Uh, I'll make a joke about that later. <laughs> Barry <laughs> Cogan, Tom Hardy, Mark Raylance, uh, Anurin Bernard, Tom Glenn Carney's Killian Murphy, Kenneth Branagh, James Darcy. You forgot. You forgot Harry Styles. Oh, I, I literally from, forgot Harry Styles. Wow. From, uh, which... from Boy Band that I forgot the name. One, he also does his own music. Right? but Yeah, he's I, solo now. I, uh, I most I multiple times was like that's not him is it not you know what's no, funny in the theaters three I remember this three people when he came on the screen this happened and this is crazy it happened twice in the theaters when he came on the screen three people around the theater goes is that Harry Styles and then it happened again at uh. the end of Etern- Marvel's Eternals when he pops <laughs> up and three people in the theater go Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> hey, he's he's out here just quietly starting an acting career without making a big deal out of it. I guess. I yeah. mean he he should have he should have slipped into hip hop because that's that's a rap name. It's <laughs> <laughs> right there. That's a, he. Could you could you imagine Harry Styles, but like it's British drill? <laughs> <laughs> man, say I can't act, but I act all time. <laughs> when a tall man come. <laughs> <laughs> it's all man gone. <laughs> all right. Uh, written by uh, Christopher Nolan and cinematographer Hoyt Van Hoytema, which I think this is our second Hoyt Van Hoytema film. Uh, yeah, Hoyt Van Hoytema. Uh, last time we talked about him was Nope. He was the cinematographer on that one, which he does his shit, man. Like, no, he's 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 got an eye, I guess. Like, I'll put it to you this way: I don't usually yeah, put definitely. cinematographers in the templates because they're not always worth mentioning. Not not saying it's not a hard job or anything uh, like that. Like, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody. It's don't it let is on Twitter hear you say that, man. Very mm. hard job, but okay. But no, they'll feel the same way. It's just that you, if you just watch like a random movie, you only really think about it if the cinematography jumps out at you, right? You know, like you're not watching, uh, you're not watching the movie with McMullen going, man, that's a good shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's there's cinematographers who can do their job and do their job, and they know how what lens to use, how to set a shot, yada yada yada. And just like with directors, they can direct the movie and they can present to you movie, but then you won't be thinking after you watch a movie, man, that was very well directed. They Hmm. did their job. And like, sometimes if it's bad, you'll be like, who the fuck was that? But if they do it normal, you don't think about it. But if they do it 
in a certain way, if they do it differently or super well, then you do think about it. So like, like auteurs, right? That's like auteur true. directors yeah. approach things a certain specific way. So you get like Wes Anderson's and uh, yada, yada, like they have their style. So right. they, they set themselves apart from other directors and then there's cinematographers that do the same or they like, they're so well good at their craft and sometimes they fucking invent things. Like I think right. he, he like helped invent a new shooting style or something for Nope. Right. How That's they right. did the night shots. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, so he was on it's some little, shit. Right? It's a little counterintuitive because, you know, a lot of watching movies is being immersed, not, you know, losing yourself in the experience, but, but sometimes you know, these people are kind of drawing attention to these unorthodox things that they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, so it in a way breaks the immersion, but at the same time, you know, in a way that doesn't hurt the experience. It's, like yeah. I said, it's a little counterintuitive. Yeah. Like, so think like, uh, I think we mentioned it before we actually started recording 1917. That's, uh, awesome. Uh, he's the most iconic dude ever. Uh, Roger Deakins. Yep. He shot that one. And like 1917 is a war movie that is essentially one take. Like it's not literally one take, but they made it look as a viewer. It's just one continuous cut. And for them to pull that shit off, like you needed somebody at the top of the game, like Roger Deacon. So yeah. All right. Enough about cinematography, even though I think this one is beautifully shot, obviously, because I uh, slipped in the, cinematographer and now we've done talked about it for five minutes um music <laughs> han zimmer uh nolan doesn't always use han zimmer but his most iconic stuff has been han zimmer and han zimmer is also like you know once again iconic so you got uh tim you might know i don't want to say the wrong thing and be like no that was freaking uh john williams not han zimmer but um all of a sudden i keep going too far back mm-hmm thinking of completely out of the way things like you said Hans Zimmer I started thinking about soundtracks but I started thinking about Miami Vice and I don't think he goes back that far but he might he might they've been around for a while okay so he does go back pretty far I mean I'm seeing Rain Man here the uh oh the rock thin red line we don't really have to bring up boss baby but apparently boss baby hey look just because the movie's trash doesn't mean oh, the soundtrack isn't so I would imagine if he did, yeah, okay, he did the original Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that's him. Um, that's a movie that did not need a sequel. They knocked that one out of the park, but he did all of them. I don't mind the first. I don't mind them making a trilogy. I'm, no, they 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 solidified the trilogy. Everything after that was a little like, okay, we we got the premise, um, but. I always, I always bring that up with certain films. It's like the, they did they did a good enough job with the sequels, but the original could have could have stood on its own. Everyone would have still been like, "Yeah, that was the best." But then, where's all the mo- money coming from? Oh, absolutely. You you can't you can't. I mean, but like then, like how like do you do a Rain Man sequel? Maybe. So a great first movie that does okay at the box office almost guarantees a bonkers box office, no matter how good or bad the sequel is, hmm. you know, like your sequel could be trash, but everyone remembers that first movie. So they're going to flock out to see it. I can go look up what men in black two's box office was. I'm sure it was insane. Mm-hmm. But by, by three people were concerned, like, is it going to be good? Or are you just <laughs> doing another one? 
So they were just doing another. No, yeah, actually, I like three better than two. Uh, three's got a better story. Yeah, it's like they tried again. Yeah, I uh, had two rated higher, and then I went back and watched all of them to get my mind right for the fourth one. And I was like, yo, three was way better than I remember it being, and two was way worse. Three's go. got a solid story. I really do like that one. Yeah. And, uh, right back to the first one, Vincent D'Onofrio. But why didn't people care? People are weird. They didn't care about three. It's too late. It comes out way later. Probably, yeah. It's like, eh, we already did this. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So Zimmer's everywhere. Yeah. Pearl yeah. Harbor. Mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick. Uh, Last Samurai. Uh, Rain Man. <laughs> why am I only saying Tom Cruise things? Uh, <laughs> Tom Cruise holds us up, too. Yeah. Uh, but, um, as 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 weird as it sounds, Road to El Dorado. Hell yeah. That's perfectly. I've never seen it. Does it slap? Or does it's, at least the score? It is one of those movies that people confuse for a Disney movie because the quality is so high. Is that, you're right. You're right. I remember yes. it. I remember that being a thing. Okay. People will be like, no, that's got to be Disney. Like, nope. That's the other dudes. <laughs> like, I don't think DreamWorks was a household name then. Nope. Shrek hadn't happened yet. Nope. But they were shit. they were absolutely not there yet. Road to El Dorado and then uh, Prince of Egypt. Which what did he work on that too? Yeah, um, you know what? Yeah, they probably would have had he, him work if he on did that Prince too. of Egypt. Yeah, like that. I, I used to joke with people. I was like, "This is as close as you can get to a black uh, 3D <laughs> movie for a while." I mean, it's it's in the ballpark. Yeah, he did work on it. No, oh, oh, yep, man. <laughs> Yo, just quietly, you know. Building his resume to try to usurp the goat title from from um, John Williams. Williams, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and and effectively making it so Danny Elfman has worked three times as hard just to get in a movie. Yo, Danny looking over at Tim Burton like, bro, you got to get it together. Like, no, <laughs> he's like, yo, 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 you can't just throw stripes in the movie. Stop just throwing stripes in the movie. You can't just throw stripes in the movie. That's funny. Uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, budget, $100 million. He came a long way for that 6000 that oh, good started guy. with following, right? <laughs> but of course, like they knew that they are going to get their money back because yeah. made $527 million, uh worldwide. That was 190 domestic and 337 oh, international. Well, this is a post of Dark Knight trilogy, so... I mean, yeah, by now he he'd been on fire. Like cut that man a check. I think <laughs> by between two was it two thousand eight was Dark Knight and yes. twenty ten was Inception. If he if you didn't know who he was by Dark uh after Dark Knight, then you definitely knew after Inception. So yeah, he he been had his uh status approved. Yeah, and Rotten Tomatoes, ninety two critics, eighty one audience. So with audience score eighty one percent. It's not bad at all. It's still great. It just shows you that there's just that slight deviation between how they received it versus the critics. And I guarantee you, like, they probably were like, oh, it's, you know, it's a good movie, yada, yada, yada. I might have been confused a little bit because of the Mm -hmm. time time fuckery. I don't even want to say time fuckery because to me, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't memento. So, like, we weren't, like, going forwards and leapfrogging backwards and all sorts of shit. But, like, critics probably appreciated that more than the average moviegoer. Like, yo, that was really cool that you just layered three stories together like that. I'm actually going to give the audiences a benefit of the doubt. I think that might 
it might not just come down to them being confused about the plot, but I think critics might just be a little better at taking something that they weren't expecting and rolling with it. And audiences, general audiences, you know, they get sold a war movie and then they get this and it's not quite what they expected. So it leaves kind of a bad taste in their mouth. If they knew what they were getting into, then maybe those scores would be a little higher. I got you. Cause you know, usually it's like, you know, you fight, you win at the end kind of deal. And yep. only yeah. one of them, kind, I mean, two of them kind of won. Not every, It wasn't like completely happy ending. But anyway, we'll... It's a very dour uh, movie. Uh, by the yeah, way, we're going to the movie the if you haven't seen it. You know, six Spoiler years old, warning. Spoilers are coming. You, you, know, you know the deal. Yeah. Uh, Listen to a podcast about a, you know, years old movie that you haven't seen yet. Like, we're not going to spoil it. It's on you. Yeah, they, they know the deal by now. I mean, I say that as if we have more than three listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to my next, uh, our next section, shout outs. Shout out Quebec, who's still with us. Uh, Singapore, we miss you. Please come back. We were joking about the Matt Damon thing. It's all jokes. It's all jokes. Come back. I'm not sure if anybody else new popped up that's been coming back that I noticed. So hopefully we get some more. Anyway, generally speaking, don't get too into it. How'd you feel? I really enjoyed it. Second time watching it. I don't rewatch movies a ton. But um, yeah, because no, it's 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 not like a consume, consume, consume. It's just there's a lot of movies that I want to watch. True. So, that, yeah. I think it does what it wants to do very well. And I enjoy the ride. Yeah. Tim. I um, I, I know that Nolan was attached. So I immediately was like, which way is this going to take me? Is this going to be like really over the top? Is there going to be art infused in it? Uh, will there be a lot of time jumping? All those things happened, and I thought it was really good. <laughs> so one of the running jokes slash criticisms of Nolan is the dead wife trope. This one does not have a dead wife. I just want to point that out. This one barely has women in it. It has two yeah, women. Two women, and they're just like in the background. Like One is standing on a boat, and one has somebody, uh, uh, jelly jelly and bread jam and toast i think a uh, woman has a line so she, yeah they're both, she says two women lines. okay so there's a nurse and there's an old lady on a boat yeah and hmm. so you can you can she might not be old maybe one of them says to the other hand me that bread and the movie will pass the bestial test but no no they don't because <laughs> one was on one boat one was on another boat so it doesn't uh, <laughs> so fair enough i'm not going to defend defend it because i don't want y'all coming for me but you know <laughs> It is. To be fair, it's 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 a horror movie, uh, not horror movie, uh, a war movie set in 1940. So, oh, obviously not. There's there's just there's gonna be a lot of skinny dead white men. Could you imagine if he shoehorned like a small platoon of all female soldiers in this movie? Like the riots that would have happened. I mean, I'm not gonna touch that. Uh, (laughs) so So the next thing is. That he doesn't have black people in the movie, and he put two black soldiers in the crowd. So the, the French had some black people because mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and two two were there. I seen them. I seen them. Right? Okay, good. Way to go, Noah. Hey, there was not like a lot of W's for this movie. I'm okay with us not being in that shit. Yeah, because <laughs> Yo, you know, you know, you know, I'm used like to black suffering, right? You know, you know, like. You very easily could have slipped in a thing where two, the two black men were addressing each other, and one of them just goes, "See the world," you said. 
<laughs> Yo, could you imagine? Look, I would forgive Nolan for for the uh, lack of black characters thing, if in this movie the two black guys looked at each other and looked away, like gave each other a like, mm-hmm. yeah, like they knew what they the, were thinking, look, the, mm-hmm. and then they just looked away, and like and that, and they don't want to explain it. It has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They just looked at each other. <laughs> so I wasn't going to be the one to go here, but since we're here, I'll say this. I want to also, let's not bury Chris. It took him a while, but he still put John David Washington as a lead in one of his movies eventually. Look, and I guarantee Where, where's the Coen? Where's the Coen Brothers Black lead? You're right. You're right. You are right. You're right. But I, I guarantee I'm you, it only came after the criticism. He was like, damn, I'm not racist. Let me get. And he was, or. Well, he uh, did it. Yeah, um, the first I heard this theory was Wes Anderson is still in. Look, we we we've been talking shit about Wes Anderson because that was our last hard. Uh, uh, yeah, that was our yeah. last miniseries. Mm-hmm. So we we mentioned it all three episodes that he he's allergic to people of color, and if they're in a movie, it's it's specifically because he needs them to be that color. Otherwise, it's just a white person. Yes, but he's only had two so far. He's got your boy now. He three, he seems three. to like him. What's his name? Jeffrey Wright. Right. My boy. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. So he's that's, in, he's, that's a he's, that's a lifetime cast member now. He's in two. Yeah, he was in French Dispatch and the new one, uh, Asteroid City. So Asteroid City actually there. has a bit of diversity. I'll give him that. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. It's but anyway, that was the last mini series. This mini series is Christopher Nolan not having black people in it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I first heard this theory on uh, Black Men Can't Jump, where they said, you know what happened he was doing his like research, you know, when he was writing tenant, uh, so, Hey, I'm doing a time time travel movie or whatever. Right. So, you, you know, as directors and writers do when they're coming up with a movie with the concept, they watch all the other movies that are similar to see what works, what doesn't. And he watched deja vu and was like, let me get Denzel. And he couldn't get, get Denzel, but found out he had a son that acted and was like, got it, got it, got yeah. it. You know, <laughs> Tenant. <laughs> I never put those two together. I never did. Is, it makes it makes was, pretty good sense. I was weird I like when it. I heard that. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's, that's canon. probably how it happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Den- Denzel's like, I can't do it, but I know a guy. <laughs> if you're interested, he comes highly recommended. <laughs> you know what's funny? He probably didn't because I saw I heard an interview with John David Washington. I think it was on the Breakfast Club where he was like, "Nothing I do is ever good enough for my dad." Wow. <laughs> He's just always like, "All right, what you gonna do next?" <laughs> I mean, I just today though I was literally I was talking to uh, somebody because oh this God. movie uh, the the creator we saw that trailer and I was like, you know, he's not his dad, like. I, I got no problems with John David Washington, but he's he's not the caliber actor that Denzel was. Um, now I feel bad. <laughs> I think I think he's still good, uh, and I think he yeah. still has potential to grow. I'm, he's more an action gonna, star than Denzel. I'm was. definitely going to watch. Is he? Because Denzel's action stuff is kind of sprinkled in, like especially in the younger days. Yeah, I feel like I hate I this movie, but Ricochet feel more dramatic. <laughs> Ricochet. I mean, he he definitely is oh, dramatic too, but he has. I think we can't make that call yet with the action he has versus John David's action. Sure. But anyway, I was going to say, I'm I'm watch anything he's in though. Just, uh, and it's not even off of a, your daddy is my favorite person alive. And like, I will watch (laughs) 
anything he's in. Like literally, I think I'm down to two movies left of his filmography. Uh, I genuinely like, I kind of enjoyed the John David's thing. Like I started, I first saw him in Ballers and like, I kind of became, I'm not going to say I became a fan, but like, I definitely liked seeing it on the screen because that character was just, uh, yeah. And what's that bullshit ass movie on Netflix uh, from the Euphoria dude? If you think about it, too much pisses you off, but it had a lot of funny lines in there. And like was in there. eating that macaroni and cheese angry like that shit is funny <laughs> anyway this isn't the tenant uh episode this is back to dunkirk back to these uh white kids on the beach all right uh, <laughs> ultimate title <laughs> uh, watch a beach movie i got one let's get into the movie uh it's the memento episode memento so fucking crazy structured ain't no way i was gonna do that so we just kind of hopped around oh my Uh, god oh yeah i said i'm I'm gonna i was worried about having to do the same thing for dunkirk so i was like i'm gonna just do the wikipedia synopsis but watching the movie i was like no i want to talk about everything like i was i was invested he does put a lot. It's a relatively short movie, but it yeah, has a lot of points. Yeah, I kind of didn't realize it was so short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, dense though. Yeah, like there was a, just a lot going on. There's no wasted moment. Like uh, the longest time they like linger on a shot was when they were sitting on the beach, and that was just so you got the idea that it was hopeless. But like yeah. everything is boom, 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 boom. Especially once you hit that like not even halfway mark. Once they leave the pier, that's everything uh, starts happening like back to back to back after that. Pretty so, rapid. Yeah. Like I think building out this template, because I kept pausing and rewinding to make sure I like understood things and whatnot. I think I spent maybe five hours watching this <laughs> like 95 minute movie. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, let's so film starts out with the uh a bump. And it says, the enemy has driven the British and French armies to the sea. Trapped at Dunkirk, they await their fate, hoping for deliverance for a miracle. So, the uh, film starts out with a group of soldiers walking down, uh, like, a deserted French street. And there's, like, I guess the propaganda flyers that the Germans were dropping. Yeah, that's pretty cold. Yeah, yeah. that was rude. I was I was very <laughs> upset. I was like, no. <laughs> How you do that? Literally, like, us, you, deal they- with it. Like we think about it, they did. Uh, was it what, what, what? I'm trying to remember what war movie I watched where they also did it, and it was like, but they had black soldiers. And the you're German, thinking of um, you're thinking of the HBO Watchmen. That's right. That's right. It, it wasn't. Oh. It wasn't a movie. It was Watchmen. Yeah, and they were gotcha. they were telling the thank you. Uh, they were telling the 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 black soldiers like, yo, your country don't care about you. Like, just defect. Yeah, quit. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to be here. Yeah, so that's that's where my mind went to. Anyway, so Germans dropping propaganda down. All of a sudden, shots ring out, and one by one, you start seeing the uh, the soldiers drop. And like the last one left, he makes it over a fence, and like he tries to like load his rifle so he could fight back. Ain't happening. He said, "Fuck this rifle!" Tosses it in Hall's ass, <laughs> <laughs> and like he, he goes to go around the corner and he gets shot at again. But this time, it's by the French who's holding like a checkpoint. Or, like, holding the line, right? And he calls out, you know, I'm British, I'm British. And they let him through. And <laughs> it's wild because as he climbs, as they help him over, like, the wall, the sandbags, uh, one of them says, like, what's what's by in French? 
<laughs> Sorry, I know. <laughs> I was gonna, I was about to say Bon Voyage. Is that it? No, he said something like good that. Voyage. What's bon? Yeah, Bon Voyage is more like have a nice trip. <laughs> um, something like that. Au revoir. Au revoir. Yeah, I think it's Bon Voyage is what he says, not Avoir. Oh, I mean, they are supposed to be getting on boats. That makes sense. Yeah, that's that like does make sense. It's a sarcastic like, asshole thing to say. It is yeah. a very sarcastic <laughs> thing to say also. Um, I peeped that. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, go ahead. I missed that entirely. But so just from just from the jump here, like this movie does so much good. Like I love that um, Tommy, you learn his name is, I think. They never like, say his name is Tommy, so I didn't call him Tommy. I was calling. You know, him. I had the subtitles on, so oh I mean, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. I don't think they ever actually clear that. I was up. I was calling most of them Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> but was it was it just was it Beach Dunkirk? Well, I was just kind of like, oh, damn, Dunkirk, you better get off that beach. <laughs> Ooh, Dunkirk, you trying to t- take a doo-doo on a beach. Everybody uh, can see you. Like, Dunkirk's right in front of you, Dunkirk. Don't do that. <laughs> no, Dunkirk, God. you better watch how much fuel is in that plane. <laughs> I'm not playing. <laughs> oh, man. I, but, I, um, you told me that, right, when I was uh, <laughs> watching it. And I I, I started to write, that, write it like that. And I was like, ain't no way. I'm going to confuse myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back to to nicknames I gave him, but um, I remember so Tommy is what the thing calls him. Like he's not special. We're only following him because he he's a he's a freaking rounding error in this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like he's just the focus. Is he's nothing. He just happened to be the guy who didn't get shot in the back mm-hmm. running away. Yep. Um, he's if he has anything special about him. It's that he's a not little dope. more devious when it comes to trying to get on a boat. Like, Yo. but he, other than that, he's gen like genuinely smart though. Like some of the yeah. things figured out on the fly when nobody else did, but we'll get into that. We yeah. will. But, but, but I get and what the other thing I'll say, he just happens to be the dude. Yeah. Like yeah. he doesn't, in that moment, he's not doing anything smart. He's running straight forward. Like everyone else. He just doesn't catch a bullet. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Told my Hans Zimmer earlier, the music kicks in with this immediate clock motif, Man, which is yeah. just perfect. I, and for me, also, it kind of felt like a beating heart. And just yeah. like those two things intertwining in that score, just chef's kiss. Like, yep. Just that's all I want to say there. So now, uh, I guess I'll call him Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Tommy, we see him go past the the French uh, uh, checkpoint. And uh, now he's at the beach, and like the the shot. Shout out Hoyt von. Did I really just say Shoyt out? Shoyt out. Shoyt Hoyt. So we the camera follows Tommy onto the beach, and like I love stuff like this because it's like now nah, we are taking the audience along for a journey. Like you're there with them, kind of deal. So yeah. like you you are also coming out onto the beach. It didn't just show a wide shot of the beach. It, like it follows him onto the beach and like we see him look and just see all these soldiers just standing in line just waiting just soon they both going to show up sooner or later right and we going to be ready to get on them they're trying to get uh, the PS5 <laughs> still ain't got none yet <laughs> you ain't the only one but yeah yeah so i love that shot so homie uh he after he looks at the soldiers like he walks out like away from everybody and he goes to take a shit 
<laughs> I actually had it. I took it out, but I had it in my notes. Like, you taking a shit? Uh, <laughs> like, you notice some stuff in the flyers in his jacket? Yeah. And oh, it's like, what's so you, Oh, I didn't even put that together. He was. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he oh. already had the poop, so he was gathering. Yeah. <laughs> being being prepared. Look. I told you he's Look, smart. He's you smart. in the field, man. You got to use what you got to use. Real in the field, real shit. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, he starts to undo his pants and take a poop, and he looks over there and he sees a guy burying a body near him. So he pulls his pants back up, and uh, this, this is when I first start hearing the ticking. You said it started earlier. I just missed that, but yeah, the, the ticking in the score is really. I'm not gonna say it's really important to like because because you don't need to hear it to care about the movie or whatever but it, it matters it matters because it helps build the tension so it starts out slow and like you said it was like a heartbeat i didn't catch that but it starts out you know slow and as the the movie goes on the tension builds that speeds up and every round it gets faster and faster uh but now it's slow so because he you know he just had to poop anyway so he sees his homie over there bearing the body <laughs> And he goes over to him, and this is the first time, first smart thing, or second smart thing now that we know about the toilet paper. <laughs> he, good. I think he figures out what's going on with this guy immediately. Because one, but he doesn't question it and he doesn't ask any, uh, or like he doesn't prod about it too much, right? Like he, he sees it and he sees the foot sticking out. And then he sees the dude, or the the barefoot sticking out the ground. And then mm-hmm. he sees the guy tying his shoe. And the guy, he sees the guy see him. And then he points at the uh, the canteen next to his foot. So at least it's like, oh no, I'm not looking at you tie your shoe. I'm I just can I have some water. Uh, and but it's wild because he never Tommy never actually speaks to the dude. That's because I also think that he immediately recognized what was happening. Not English. I I love that interpretation. No, because I was struggling with that a little bit because it didn't really make sense to me. Mm -hmm. But from that perspective, yeah. Like, if you just accept it, like, he put it together, no judgment. Hey, I'm trying to get the hell off this beach, too. Who am I to judge you? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that really works. If you didn't kill him, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. And you ain't trying to kill me. That's the most. That's what's important. You ain't actively <laughs> trying to kill me right now, like them dudes back there. We cool. Because any other movie, he'd be like trying to talk to him, and the guy'd be like evasive. Yeah, and yeah. Then he'd be like, "All right," mm-hmm. but yeah, you're right. He never even says a word. That's dang. That's really good. Never. They never actually speak to each other, and I feel like it's because he noticed it from the jump what was going on. Uh, but yeah, so they they head over back to the rest of the soldiers, and they try to find their place. Or he does. So the move, like we said, the movie is from three different angles. So like now we get the title card, The Mole, one week. And while trying to find the right group to stand with, three fighter planes swoop down on a beach and they're dropping bombs, right? And I, I love this fucking shot. Uh, all, the sho- all the soldiers just jump down on the ground, um, you know, put their arms over their heads. And in the shot, Tommy is in the foreground and you see a bunch of soldiers behind him and the bombs are dropping. You just see explosions and explosions are coming towards the screen. And finally, like the closest dude to Tommy, it was like, he was like loading his gun to try and shoot up at the plane. And you just see this dude just get lifted. Like, (laughs) 
I, I need to watch the special features because I actually have the, the, the Blu-ray. Like, I hope they show you how they did that shot because the dude just got like, he didn't, he got blown up, but it wasn't like body parts flying. He just went yeah. straight up with the sand. Like, that was such just a cool shot. And he evaporated. It's the second time we realized how fucking lucky Tommy is because like that was the last bomb. If there wasn't one more bomb or if that plane had dropped its payload like a split second later the last yeah. bomb would have landed on him yeah so time survives and the planes fly off and all the soldiers st- stand back up and you see a random soldier like look up in the air and he yells where's the bloody air force like because who's ain't nobody helping them because the plane's just swooping in on them that was a really important moment too because i think watching it the second time i'm sitting here like all you people are armed mm-hmm. maybe maybe take some shots yeah. And you know, was like that one dude. There are a few people who did, but ultimately, <laughs> these weapons aren't for that. Yeah, and they yeah. just and it kind of from that moment, you're like, these guys are sitting ducks. They have they have no defense. Their their weapons are useless. Absolutely. And yeah. um, all they can do is wait. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I felt like the whole time it was down to not really if they die, but when they die. And that's why. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it, but like that's that's why the movie or the story is such a big deal, and like they kind of mention at the end that you know it's an evacuation. They were running away, and like Harry Styles at the end is like spoiler alert. Uh, he's like you know he he doesn't want to look people in the eye because he's like ashamed. And they were celebrating him, and he was like, "Wait, why are they celebrating us?" And it's like because we're happy that yes, yeah, it survived, bro. Like we know that shit was wild where he was looking at as a f- like we failed we ran away anyway so it's a victory in the sense that you know they they rescued 300,000 people off this beach and at, at the end of the day so yeah so uh next scene we get the second title card the sea one day remember the last one was one week this is one day so first timeline stretches across a week and i forgot to edit my notes to fix this but I'm going to come back and mention it in, in a bit. Anyway, so this is one day, and we see a boy. His name is George, and he's uh, back in England now, right? And he runs up on a boat. I call it a boat. I mean, this, I know it's a boat, but, like, what I, is the official term, like, yacht, even though it's small? Yeah, so it's a sailing yacht. That's different yeah. than, like, the luxury yacht. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's one of those. It's the like, kind of yacht the orcas are taking out over in uh, Europe right now. <laughs> oh, like it's not huge at all. Like you, you'll see that, and you don't immediately think like, "Oh, this guy is you know fucking rich." Like he got, yeah. boat. he got a boat. Like he got. I boat. think somebody later says it's like a pleasure vessel, and it it's it is yeah. not the kind of yeah. ship you even you normally even take out that far. Nah. Yeah. The, yeah, the distance they went was like this boat's never gone this far. Yeah, like you you take it out for you know, on a Sunday. You come back in at night. Mm-hmm. So George runs down there to the boat, and the boat's name is the Moonstone. Nice. <laughs> Shout out, Pokemon Clefairy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's it's his uh, his his friend's dad's boat, and like they're they're prepping prepping to take off. And like the friend says that the Navy requisitioned her because some men across the channel need taken off, and they have to unload everything that's not necessary to free up space. And so they can load up these life jackets. And then you see George look back at the life jackets on the dock and it's accounted. It's 75 life jackets. Jesus. Dag. <laughs> and George is like, some men? Like, you hear, you say some men, I'm thinking four. 
George turns and looks at 75 life jackets. Yeah. So next scene is the air, and this is one hour. So now we have the three timelines. The beach, what's going on on the beach takes place across a week. What's going on with the Moonstone is across a day. In the morning, they they leave England. They set sail to go pick up, try and save, evacuate whoever they can from Dunkirk and sail back. And everything that happens with the the, the jets, the fighter pilots, not jets, the fighter pilots, takes, takes place across an hour. So we see three British fighter pilots in the air and like they're doing a fuel check and making sure everything's good to go because they're going to go cover the evacuation from Dunkirk. All right, so back to the beach. We see our main beach boy, (laughs) Tommy, and the one that was burying the body noticed that, like, there's injured soldiers laying on stretchers on the ground. And, like, once again, they don't talk, but they just look at each other and they know what to do. So they grab one of the stretchers and they start hauling ass for the pier because there's a hospital ship about to take off. So they make it onto the boat. Uh, They get through all these soldiers and they make it onto the boat at the last second. And they thought they were cool, and they were like, "We're just gonna, you know, we got the injured dude here, and we're just gonna, you know, chill." And they're like, like oh, mm-hmm. "Step, step, get out!" It's <laughs> like, "God damn it, we, we, we we're almost there." And so when they went to leave, the grave digger dude, he uh, <laughs> he just slipped off the the ramp and like down onto the like the uh, what do you call that? Not rafters, like rafters. like the pier, but like the pier, like under the pier, like yeah, the yeah. Yeah, and he was like, psst, psst. like that's the only noise he made so far. And, uh, the Tommy, what do they call it? What's that strip of water? The French Channel? Yeah, uh, it's part of the English Channel. English Channel. Uh, I, I was, tr- I couldn't I know remember. it is the English. We're gonna lose all of our audience in England because you call it the French Channel. Look, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just cut this part. <laughs> we just get, <laughs> we just got somebody listening in the UK. He listened to two episodes, or she, uh, or they. Uh, you know, pretty. We're we're doing pretty good, isn't it? Oh Lord! If they listen to that Riley episode, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it, bro? <laughs> anyway, uh, so they're down on the uh, <laughs> under the pier hiding, and from there they overhear a conversation between. I want to say it's a. Uh, it's the Army Colonel and the uh, Admiral for the Navy. Yeah, and the Admiral for the Navy is played by Kenneth Branagh. Yep. Legendary actor. And the Army dude is... Uh, James Darcy. Darcy, yeah. Who you nerds you might know as the young... What's his name? Jarvis from yeah. um, Ethan Carter. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the only thing I know him from. He's... Oh, it's Cloud Atlas. I've seen that movie fairly recently. Anyway... Yeah, anyway. Uh, Not important. So so they're listening to Kenneth Branagh and James Darcy talk. And, and they're talking about how the Germans are going to pick him off from the sky. And publicly, Churchill says the British and the French uh, armies will leave arm in arm for England to safety. And <laughs> James Darcy's like, uh, privately? And he's like, privately, we need to get our boys home. He's <laughs> 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 like, the quiet part is like, fuck the French. Like, we're going to just get this English dudes home. And it's rough. Yeah, anyway. So you don't know this yet, but like I said, we already passed the spoiler warning. Gravedigger is actually French. So it's 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 important that they left this line in the movie because it comes into play later on. Well, also in that moment where they're trying to get the uh the guy on the stretcher to the hospital ship, which 
by the way, Bomb and Nat's a war crime, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I don't they, know if, if they had yeah. those rules back then. Where we see our two, only two black faces in the entire movie. Uh, yeah. There's a bunch of French soldiers trying to squeeze onto that ship, and they're getting told very loudly, uh, no, British only, when um, one or two boys squeeze past with the stretcher. You're so right. That's, yeah. yeah, we're already establishing that, and then that next part kind of makes it clear why that is. Because, yeah. honestly, it's like, yo, get everybody off this beach, but, you know, politics. Yeah. Mm. But also, the average movie person probably don't know the, the two black guys French. I mean, we already established that the French are there, but you can't I mean, tell anybody apart so far. But like, I you mean, know. not for nothing, but it's pivotal in this movie that they can't visually tell a Frenchman from a Brit from a German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and Churchill wants to get he wants to at least save thirty thousand, and Kenneth Branagh says we probably can do forty five thousand, but. The issue is there's 400,000 dudes on this beach. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, back to the civilian boat, the Moonstone, with George. Uh, they came across a soldier sitting on what seems to, or what was the, like, the remains of, like, a sunken ship that was just still, like, sticking up out of the water. And this is Killian Murphy. Uh, so and they get him aboard. So now back in the air, the, the fighter pilots... Uh, they lose their leader, the leader of the trio, real fast because they are—they're already in a dogfight. Wait, I actually didn't catch this. Are they in a dogfight, or did he just did his plane just give up? You know, I wasn't sure about that either. It happened really fast, and they're just like up, oh, leader down, and then they just never acknowledge it again. It it is because of a dogfight, but we don't ever see him get hit. Yeah, he's just—we just see him go down or already down or something. Because mm-hmm. I think and, that's how the plane also got damaged. Okay, yeah. yeah that's how to, yeah, that's, okay. Gotcha. So, uh, apparently that's Michael Caine as the voice there. Oh, I don't oh, know. Wow. I don't know if he's from on the radio back home or if he was the leader, but it's Michael Caine. At some I got point you. There. Michael, just like Wes Anderson, Nolan has his uh, stable, but much smaller. Uh, Michael, this is good luck, yeah, Michael Caine and Killian Murphy. Who else is there? Is uh, that it? Hardy. Oh, Hardy. Hardy. Yeah. Yeah, those, those yeah. are the main ones. The master at acting with his face covered himself. We're flying the plane. <laughs> I plan on trying to save many soldiers. I, I wondered whose choice it was, because his Collins, the second pilot, we see his face the only. whole time. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't have it's the facial acting skills of Thomas Hardy. So it's like just his eyes. So just his eyes were talking like the whole yeah. time. Which, okay. Uh, yeah, so it almost was like that it was a reveal that it was Tom Hardy under the mask, mm-hmm. but we all knew. Uh, anyway. Uh, so yeah, he, so. was, he was terrifying in um, Mad Max. That's mm-hmm. why his face is covered. Because there's too much vague, scary expression. This is, okay. <laughs> all right, I'm backing up. I'm backing up. Don't, don't, put, put, your, put your fist down. I remember Whoa, watching there's Mad too Max, much. Like, yo, this... Sweat Tom He's Hardy needs to be Wolverine. Much with I can I can grunts. see it. He's tiny and terrifying. So doing so much with just these grunts and just hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, he leader, leader goes down and uh, the main pilot who's Tom Hardy. Later, his name is revealed to be Farrier. Uh, he notices his uh, fuel gauge is broken, 
So he makes a note how much fuel he his partner has, so because they should have the same amount of fuel, and what time it is, so he can do the math. And then next we go back to the beach at Dunkirk. So German fighter planes do another run, and they bomb the pier, and the hospital ship that was taken off uh, gets hit and starts to sink. So like the folks are like jumping ship, and they're swimming to the nearest spot, spot which happens to be the under the pier where Tommy and Gravedigger is hiding, right? And <laughs> the first guy to reach him is Harry Styles. So they pull him up. And eventually, as the sun sets, they get picked up by a smaller boat and brought out to a ship that was already out in the water. But I guess they had, like, engine trouble or something. I'm not, they didn't really explain it. But they got out onto the ship, and Harry Styles and Tommy, they get ushered uh, down below deck. And Gravedigger slips by, and he stays up top. Because this boy's a survivor. Like, he's like, I'm, I'm making it out of this. And while they were down there, like they're they're being fed, and that you know there's uh, jam and toast and stuff. Tea. To drink. <laughs> you don't know it's tea. tea. It's tea. It's I mean, tea. it's tea. Aren't they British? <laughs> it could have been lemonade. You don't know that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, bit of the old gray. <laughs> so Harry Styles notices that. Uh, the third dude, or the, Harry Styles is the third dude. The second dude isn't with him. And he said, what's up with your friend? And uh, Tommy's like, he's looking for a quick way out in case we go down. So like, they once again, they never speak to each other, but he saw him slip away and he already knew like what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like I, and this isn't you the only see, time in the movie you, you see, see a ship go down. You're Next time you're on one, you're like, well... Yeah. Yeah, this isn't the first time in the movie, or the only time in the movie that you see a soldier afraid to go below deck. Back on the uh, the boat with the boys, uh, actually, Minot says, back on the boat, boys. <laughs> back with the boat, boys. I'm sorry. Uh, so back with the boat, boys. Uh, Killian Murphy notices they're sailing towards Dunkirk and not to England. And he tells Pops he need to turn around the boat because if they go back to Dunkirk, they all going to die. And like he's, he's flipping out. And Pops, uh, Pops piece was going on, and he tells him, all right, we'll, we'll plot a course back to England. And he gets him to finally go below deck uh, and lay down. And, like, Pops' son, I think they say his name at some point. I think it's Peter, but I've been calling him Sonny. Uh, Pops' mm. son uh, Sonny's, yeah. comes and tells Pops that, uh, or or comes up, and Pops tells his son that Killian Murphy's shell-shocked and isn't himself, and he probably is never going to be himself again, which is also important. Like I said, nothing is wasted in the movie. Like everything mm. sets up something to come. It's all sauce for the main course. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, just that- a quick interjection. Uh, I I was still calling everybody Dunkirk at this point, except for <laughs> George. Okay. Because as soon as George was introduced and he stepped on the boat and his the dad, so you were saying that we could have got that scene of the the two black men looking at each other like, mm-hmm. <laughs> George, when he stepped on that boat, the father and son gave each other that exact look. That's true. And that's yeah. when I knew. I don't know how long yeah, George is going to be around. They started to take he he un he untied him. I know there's actually a marine term for that. I'm sorry. He untied them and they, <laughs> they started to sail and he hopped on the boat at the last second. And George, they, we're going to like, a war. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know. I could help. <laughs> I want to go. Poor George. Barry Keegan is like 
This was similar to the movie. character. And did y'all see um, what's the one uh, from late last year? Uh, Banshees of Minnesota. No, I haven't seen mm-hmm. it yet. Like his character in that is very similar, kind of a you know dopey, mm, kind of dopey, very sympathetic. Um, oh, okay, yeah, that's it's it's literally on the top of my twenty twenty two list. I it's really good, but yeah. Uh, back in the air, the fighter pilots peep a minesweeper ship about to get attacked by some German planes, and then they they go in the fight. But Collins immediately gets hit. So now back on on the. <laughs> in the beach timeline, the Dunkirk timeline, uh, back on the ship, everything's all hunky dory, and like they're you know celebrating, talking, and chatting, and they're happy, and then boom, tor- torpedo hits the ship, <laughs> and like water just like flies in, like they water fills up the the room like dumb fast, and uh, like we we previously saw that the the hatch shut behind them when they went down. And but thankfully, Gravedigger mad paranoid, and he was chilling up top still. But he also saw the hatch shut. So first thing he does is open the hatch. Then he jumps overboard. Now underwater, Tommy and Harry Styles sees that the hatch opened up, and they they swim out. And I think they might be the only ones who even get out. Very few uh, people make it out of that. Yeah, wild. So. They get out and uh, they they swim to one of the rowboats that we had previously seen like approaching the ship trying to get on. <laughs> one of the rowboats out in the water, and then like this is also where we see Killian Murphy is on the boat, and he's like I'm not gonna say he's the captain of the boat, but he's the one like giving instructions. But they were full, yeah. and Tommy and Harry couldn't get on board, but uh, Gravedigger had gotten on board. So they're like, sorry, just wait, just tread water. We're going to come back and pick you up. Man. No, just hang tight. At least the water's not that cold. <laughs> when he said not, that, I was Not like, that cold. Come on. I mean. Ocean, ocean water always cold? Like, the shit? Like, bro, and you talking real nonchalantly to a dude who just survived getting a torpedo. Like, <laughs> yo. I didn't clock either time that that was Kelly and Murphy mm-hmm. talking to them. And, and once I learned that, I was like. Man, the tides definitely changed on him. Yes, and that's important because you see <laughs> yeah. him like real nonchalant and confident, pretty much, right? Yeah. And just like, hey, hey guys, chills, all right. Guys. You got a little on, torpedo; guys. it'll be all right. Yeah, we gonna come back. Come on, guys, come come on, come on, guys man up, man up, guys. Stiff up a lip. Yeah, yeah. Up a lip, like, <laughs> I mean, I get it. The boat was full, but he was real, just whatever. So the boat's full. Tommy and Harry still in the water, and Gravedigger. Now for the, you can argue the fourth time, like hooks him up because he throws some rope overboard so they yeah. can grab on and get towed back to the beach. Slick. Uh, like, yeah, nobody so, argued about it. He was just like, Ugh. so we're not going to count giving Tommy some water, whatever, but he got Tommy to, to go under the, the pier, which didn't technically save his life, but it did progress the story. He, he knew not to go under the uh, on a boat, and he was the one who opened the hatch. And now he's uh, throwing the uh, the lo- throwing them a rope, <laughs> and they got towed back to the beach. Next, we're back to the Moonstone and Killian Murphy. <laughs> so now we just saw him, <laughs> yeah. But now we got PTSD Killian Murphy. He realizes he's locked in in the cabin, and he starts freaking out and banging on the door. And pops asks the pass as his son like what have you done you locked him in go go let him out and <laughs> yeah it's really but, not it was like why did you do that yeah, nobody yeah. said to do that like I, I didn't ask you to do that and 
I didn't, and you know, I already done told you this dude is messed up. Like, don't lock him in the room. Yeah. So Sonny goes down and he opens the door, but by the time he opens the door, Kelly Murphy's already gone. He done slipped up through uh, the hole, the, not the hole in the ceiling, the window in the ceiling. <laughs> and now he's confronting Pops. And Pops just tells him, look, we got a job to do. Like, we, we're trying to save these people. So they argue and Pops tries to t- to, to explain that everyone uh, with a boat was supposed to sail across the channel and help rescue the soldiers. And Killian calls him an old fool and tries to take control by force. And they scuffle a little bit, but then he accidentally knocks George down down the hatch. And, like, George falls down and he knocks his head, he cracks his head on something metal. Poor George. Like I, 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 as soon as he got bumped, I was like, oh, no, not like that. Come on. Let let him get shot. Let him drown trying to get somebody to the water. No, he had to fall down. Like he got medic alert. Help! I'm falling. I can't get up. Like no, I was, I was up. That was kind of upsetting. Yeah, I felt I felt bad. But like now they got to go back and go to George's parents. Like you know how you remember George? You know he was always falling down. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this time. Oh shit! Oh man! <laughs> uh, he was, he was, you were, you are not wrong. He was always falling down. This this turns out to also be like trip. the most gruesome death spoilers of the movie. Um, gruesome injury, like I don't know. No, no. I I feel, got, there's some pretty bad stuff. Uh, we don't. There's there's a lot of peril. I'm gonna get to it. I mean, it's, I'm the it's one of them. I won't say the most, but I'm like the characters that we follow. Yes, I think that like, Nolan caught some flack about you know kind of back and off. But like, I feel like a lot of movies kind of revel in the yeah yeah in the in the visceral violence of it all. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to. Like I got, I think we got the point. Like yeah. I I I I hate war. I'm anti-war. But I fucking love war movies, and it, it's <laughs> and the 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 violence. I'm not going to say I love the violence, but honestly, I, I I probably do. I don't know, just watching it, like, cause it, that's part of like just how fucking insane it really is. And it's like I'm I'm never I'm I'm not in the military. I purposely didn't join the military. I'm afraid to go to war, yada yada. But like, I respect the people that do it and they do it for their own reasons as opposed to you know imperialistic shit um you know they you know a lot of folks who join the military who are the ones that are out there getting on the front lines like they just trying to survive they joined because they needed to go to college they needed to pay for some rent you know they got folks to support you know like they're not out there like you know i'm gonna join to kill folks you know they they, they did it because it's it was their best option at the time, right? So, like, I don't knock them. Uh, forgot where I was going with this rant. It's like, I oh, go- to be the first kid on my block with confirmed kill. It's like, oh, Gov, I got a Barté. Oh, that's what I was saying. Um, yeah, so, like, it's sad, but also interesting to watch when it, it just gets real gritty. But also, mm. we don't need to see everything. No. Also, there's enough yeah. movies that show a lot. Like I remember when I finally saw Saving Private Ryan, I was like, "God damn!" Every war movie don't need to be that. So it's neat to see something that that's different. And I think you actually said that earlier. I don't know if we we're recording yet, but 
it's one of y'all said that it's a war movie, but not a hundred percent following all the war movie tropes. Mm. So that's cool. Mm. Well, I was going to say something about that, something like that about Christopher Nolan in general. Um, and I, I think a reason that I really appreciate him as a director is because um, he will take a familiar genre and add something to it that makes it makes it new, gives it a new perspective. That makes you sense. like heist yeah. movies? Well, we we heist in dreams. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna rip off this old Ducktales comic and do a dream heist. God damn it! <laughs> oh, oh, you like time travel movies? Well, this ain't time travel. The flow of time is reversed. Oh shit! <laughs> Didn't see that coming. So yeah, this yeah, is uh, his take on a war movie, which is it. It doesn't glorify the war at all, scary. and I think that's also why we never see the um see the the enemy and i mean they they're yeah even. that you're right that very time, specific yeah the one time that you do i mean you see the planes but you don't see the the, the people you never see the pilot planes. and the one no. time you do see people they're blurred out at the very end like they're in they're out of focus behind them and you only really see like the helmets yeah yeah so like the, 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 the flying, the flying scenes, the, the uh, dogfight scenes, you always end up seeing at least a few shots from the other pilot's perspective. Yeah. It never happens in this. Because ultimately Farrier is the closest thing this movie has to like a, a war hero. Like yeah. everyone else is, Surviving. you know, so, some people do things that are heroic and everyone does at least something that you can consider cowardly, but yeah, survival is ultimately what what this is about yeah and Which, um yeah, yeah. Go ahead. put destiny's uh, child over the last three minutes of the movie could you imagine cut me that trailer combine that with Hans zimmer <laughs> and all of that just leads up to i'm a survivor and that don't get harry's <laughs> harry styles singing on the on the new version Dude, we should have we should have been a marketing team for this movie. Nolan can't handle this. <laughs> um, but uh, but continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, for the tangents. Yeah. So so back in the sky, uh, the last fighter pilot Farrier engages with the enemy that shot down Collins. Was, yeah, Collins, and then he notices. Another enemy plane. This time, it's not a fighter; it's a, a bomber. Uh, heading for a ship. He's heading towards a, a ship and a sinking boat next to the ship. So, okay. One thing I wanted to point out is the three different timelines, at least until the convergence. And because it uh, that's the shorter timeline, I guess you can argue, mm. or maybe I don't know if you thought about it like I, this. That makes sense. The timelines based on the length is how soon you see things happen. So mm-hmm. you, at first you see things from bird's eye view of the, the, the fighter plane and you don't realize the significance of what you're seeing. And then you see it from the moonstones point of view. And it, it, it might start to dawn on you what's happening or that you already might've seen that from the other angle. And then when you see it from Tommy's angle, that's when you're in it, right? So that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. So everything it, it it you see it first from from Farrier, then from the Moonstone, then from Tommy, 
and you don't even realize that you probably already saw it on the first watch, whatever's happening. Or maybe you do, and you're like, oh, oh, oh. So, like, technically, at this point of the movie, which I think is might be only, I don't even know if we're at the 30-minute mark of the movie, this is the, the climax starting. And like, but you don't know it yet. So that's pretty. That's kind of what I was saying. Like, this yeah. is where I felt like the movie con- converged. It, everything was closer together, even though they still split off into other tangents. You could yeah. tell this yeah, is now, all like now, now much now closer in time. Starting to get into it, and the the cuts are starting to speed up too. Yes. So yeah. So the Beach Boys make it back to the beach, uh, and you can tell they're worn out because it's morning now, and before the those events were the nighttime. Uh, it's morning now, and like they're not even on the beach properly. The first time you see them, they're like halfway in the water, <laughs> and like they're not even moving. They're just like, Look, we made it, and we're done, and we're just this is where we are. So in my notes, I put that this is where the time skip is, but that's not right because I realized the time skip happens before shit even starts to happen. I think like you're right. I think yeah, it happens sometime after the. I, th- I after the poop, the non poop. He didn't actually poop. Like, no, no, I, um, well, maybe. So here's the thing. Like, like I, I was trying to figure it out, and I don't think there's a plot hole. I just think I haven't properly figured it out. At first, I thought the time skip happened when they were waiting on the beach, like this part. So there's you see them on the beach halfway in the water, and the next time you see them, like two minutes, not even two minutes, just a little bit later, they're sitting up on the beach and i thought this is when the time skip happened somewhere in here but nah it already happened because they've already been on the beach so who knows maybe <laughs> i don't know i'm not yeah. maybe not i'm, I'm well, probably not supposed to i'm just glad you acknowledge some kind of time skip because yeah. honestly there's only a week like, down to a day is a lot down to an hour it, it seems like two days that we actually see on yeah. that beach we definitely and, like kenneth branagh I think this is what makes me realize the time skip was way sooner. I'll get to it in a bit, but at some point, Kenneth Branagh says the events of yesterday. So the hospital ship was sank the previous day when he said it. And to us, that was probably the first day because we see Tommy get to the to, to the beach. He links mm-hmm. up with Gravedigger. They, they grab the, the stretcher and they run onto the ship. Then they get kicked off the ship and the ship sinks, right? Yeah. So... Yes. We think that's all one day, but we don't actually know how long between him getting to the beach and them grabbing the stretcher. It feels because okay, feels like they leave. They they leave from the grave digging and possibly the pooping. Yeah, (laughs) and then he goes try to join a line. They're like, "Nah, Grenadiers, man, keep moving." Yeah, and then like he hasn't even found a spot to chill yet. And then we get the dive bombing. So we see the the medical people coming in when the dive bombing happens. Because that's what it is. Like, it's a bunch of them die. Their bodies just out here. No one's doing anything about it, which I thought was weird. But yeah, I like, guess they're, they had, they're they, dead already. Just soldiers on the beach. They had, like, yeah. trucks and stuff. And I feel like they had guns in some of them trucks that were bigger than the rifles. But anyway, mm. yeah. And then that's when they he sees the one guy on the structure that they were carrying who was still breathing. And they were like, ooh, that's our ticket. Yeah. So I feel like all that seems to have happened concurrently. Like, I don't See, feel like the skip is in there. But I think I the think skip might the skip. be after. No, I think, hmm? I mean, I'm not going to argue because I'm not 100% on this. But I think that's the skip based on 
maybe how things play out after because then I'll, I'll get to it i'll figure it out i can't remember the exact thing that made me realize that the time skip couldn't be here and i didn't take the note out but okay. anyway we, uh, i might figure it out or maybe we won't maybe it don't matter maybe chris no one's like really you're going too deep truly matters so yeah, so the situation situation's getting bleak on the on the ah, the situation is getting bleak on the, the bleak Jesus Christ. The situation is getting bleak on the beach. Bars. In it. Uh <laughs> that took a lot, a lot out of me. Sorry, I'm gonna just cut this whole part out. The situation wanna try that again. Each, uh, as we see other soldiers try to make it out in the water on some small boats, but the waves are like pushing them back in, right? Back to the beach. They can't get past the what they call that. Is that the surf? The the waves? Uh, like what's the right term? I don't know. It's pushing them back. Full disclosure, I never was on a boat, even though I was a marine. Yeah. So was, I can't answer those questions. Were you ever in the air? Uh commercial flight. Okay. Helicopters. <laughs> Uh, that's that's what I was thinking of. It's like choppers. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, choppers, uh, uh, helos, helos. Don't cancel me as a marine. I swear. I, was, I swear I was in there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm not the one checking. I'm gonna lose my marine cred. But uh, yeah. So so some of the the soldiers, uh, the engineer corps, or whatever, they start to build makeshift piers out of the out of the trucks and stuff. So that when the tide comes back, they'll they might have a pier to get past the surf, I guess. Which I uh, thought was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And a soldier tells the army officer James Darcy that the tide was turning, and like he asked him how you knew the tide was turning. He's like, "Well, the bodies come back, hmm. and then you see bodies like, floating back to the beach, and it's like, oh, yeah." So like now our trio of boys, you know, sitting on the beach waiting. And like the Beach Boys, call them their name. Yeah, the Beach Boys are just waiting, waiting for you know something to happen. And like they look over and they they just see like one soldier just walk into the ocean, just and just die. So you know, shit is like I said, shit is bleak. <laughs> the beach uh, is yeah, bleak. I expected him to like get into the water and then just like you know like one slug in the jaw or in the mouth. No, he just like uh, no, he just he, he just he just took a nap. He just kept going. Yeah. Just like went we, in there. We just didn't see him anymore. Yeah. So they they watched that happen. And then they noticed, Harry Styles notices a group of guys making their way down the beach. And like with a purpose though, not just going for a stroll. So he's like, hey, what they go? What they doing? And so he get, hops up and Tommy and Gravedigger follows him, right? And one of the guys from the group says that there's a grounded boat down the beach and it's 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 gotta lift back up when the tide comes back in, so we're gonna be on this boat. So that's where they were headed. So back on the moonstone, the son tends tends to George's wound and he tries to make him comfortable. And George tells him that he's proud he did this because he's never done anything up until this point, and hopefully his dad and his teachers will be proud of him uh if he makes the paper or something. And like Sonny's like, yeah, cool, just chill, bro, just chill. We need you back on deck soon, so just get your rest. And George is like, ain't happening. He's like, what you mean it ain't happening? He's like, because I can't see. George. Poor George, man. George, no. So now back in the air, Fairy looks at his fuel gauge, right? And you can you can infer like based on how like he's looking, because <laughs> he's the mask and he doesn't talk. There's nobody to talk to now. That it's like, all right, it's do or die. Either I turn back now and make it, or I'm going to run out of fuel. 
and he decides to stay up in the air and go after this enemy plane. And and you can you can definitely hear the ticking increase now. So like now we're going up a level. You know, shit's starting to it's get like real. Watch, it's like watching sixty minutes now. Because yeah. <laughs> like I said, technically this is the beginning of the climax. We just don't actually know it yet. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, back at Dunkirk, the army officer makes his way back to the pier and he asks Kenneth Branagh, where are the destroyers? And he tells him there's only going to be one destroyer at a time after the previous day's losses. Ugh. Yeah. So we've been on the beach a day or more because of the time skip uh, off the previous day's losses. And they're saving the Navy ships and the planes for the next battle. Because next, after they, you know, take the beach, they cross in the water, right? Yep. And so what are they going to do? Waste uh, waste the ships and the planes fighting on the beach when they know that the Germans are about to come to Britain? I, I get it, but like, bruh. Yeah, that's, that's a like, hard real, realization to like come to, right? Like, we tried. Yeah. Everybody on the beach, everybody at home, put your dukes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. So. It's an impossible choice. But in the meantime, they activated the small vessels pool, a list of civilian boats for requisition, right? And that that's what we see. We actually, um, they were supposed, in the beginning of the movie, the Moonstone, they were supposed to give the boat to one of the Navy guys or something. They just, they just, they just and, rolled. And Pops just took off because he was like, I'm the captain of this ship. <laughs> so the Navy guys, <laughs> like, we see them leave the Navy guys on the pier that were about to come take the boat. And like, they looked real lost because he's like, like, he's going to do the job. Like, he's still doing what they want him to what they need done, not what Navy they want. Gu- Navy guys were like, what are we supposed to do? Walk? Come back. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, look, I'm going I'm to save these people myself since this is my boat. Yeah. So anyway, the civilian boats for requisition, they're coming. Uh, and uh, James Darcy mentions the makeshift piers that the engineers are building out of lorries, trucks for the Americans that are listening. Uh, and Kenneth <laughs> Branagh goes, then we'll know in six hours time. And <laughs> James Darcy's like, I thought the tides were every three hours. And Kenneth Brown, I was like, then it's a good thing you're Army and I'm Navy, isn't it? <laughs> I love that line. Oh, yeah, that was pretty and good. Then, it, then there's like <laughs> immediate gratification, but it that line comes into play soon, too. Uh, so the Beach Boys uh, make it to the ship, and we hear the other guys say that the ship's crew must have scampered down, down the beach because they're right outside the perimeter, and the enemy could be right over the hill. So they get inside and they wait for high tide, which is in three hours. Oh, yeah, it was immediate because <laughs> yeah. it goes from that conversation to them getting in the boat saying high tide right in three up. hours. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah. for it's in six hours. Yes, in six hours. So they, they, they're waiting for a while. Uh, back on the Moonstone, the son tells uh, his dad that George's situation is bad, asks if they should turn back. Then they notice a plane swooping in and Pop says it's a German but he'll go for the larger minesweeper ship nearby instead of them. And Sonny yeah. asks if we should prepare to take on survivors. And Pops goes, shit, like, <laughs> we got to survive this ourselves. <laughs> and from the boat, we see what took place in the air previously, where the British fighters are up in the air and, like, one gets shot down, Collins, or he's going down, and Pops tells Sonny to look for a parachute. And at this point, the intercuts increase between, like, the three angles, so I kind of just lumped them together. So we see Colin survived the water crash, but the glass above him uh, wouldn't 
wouldn't open all the way. I can't remember what the right term is for the, the canopy. canopy. The canopy, yeah, it wouldn't open. Which all is the so way. weird because the other guy opened and closed his canopy yeah. multiple times. Yeah, I was, was just like, it was a flex. Well, Why are they showing us this? He even does it before he decides to ditch. Yeah, so you know it works. But I mean, he hit that water. It, it, the, that the, ship, the fuselage is in a different shape now. You know, yeah. jammed. So that's probably what did it. Like the frame, it just kind of. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that was that was definitely a hit. The way he brought the nose up at the last second, yeah, to keep from having a nose dive into the water, I thought that mm-hmm. was very. They obviously trained him to do that, but it was like that was very smart. Yeah. yeah. So like he's trying to get out, he's trying to get out the glass. Uh, the canopy won't open, so he tries to break the glass with the butt of his gun, and he can't get it. But just at the last second, glass is smashed by uh, Sunny from a civilian boat. Side note: You don't actually see the glass smash. And that bugged me. You hear yeah. it. I let it go. I let it go. Mm-hmm. You 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 hear it, and then it switches angles, and you see yeah. him being pulled up. Yeah, and there's no glass. He just uh, he knocked that panel out. Yeah, just, that right. panel just whoop, came right out. Yeah, because it, it's it's the type of glass that wouldn't <laughs> shatter anyway, right? Yeah, it's like the uh, it's probably it's like the the Jeep with the T Rex. Just whoop, the whole piece just came right <laughs> yeah, out. pops right out. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's all good. Man, that's a very different scene in Jurassic Park with that glass breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it shatters. You have to wonder if in canon there was somebody building the things. It was just like, no, you can just make that out of shatter glass. That should be really easy to get a hold of a piece that big. I know a glass guy can cut that. I'm going to use Plexi. Why do you want to use Plexi? I'm going to use 1,400 pound Plexi. Why? Who, who would care about this? This is for tourists. I just got a weird feeling. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> God yeah, bless that guy. <laughs> uh, like, initially shocked, <laughs> but eventually relieved. Like, Colin stares at Sonny, and then he catches himself, and he just goes, Afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> the most British <laughs> way to end that scene. It's like what? I just got shot out the sky. You just came out of nowhere and rescued me. I thought I was dead. And he's just like, afternoon. How y'all doing? And, <laughs> and again, shout out to Nolan because, like, this whole movie is about the tone. Yeah. And the tone yeah. of that scene, like, because you don't know what's. So earlier when we see him go down from the air perspective, you see Fairy or Tom Hardy, like, wave at him, like, kind of like, is he okay? Yeah. Like, I rewound that scene. I couldn't see the hand, but he I was seeing see the hand. hand. Yeah. yeah. So now we're seeing it from the C perspective, and dude, arm He's was waving out. And Tom Hardy <laughs> yeah. must have thought he was like, hey, I'm okay. And realized he was like, I can't get out. And like, yep, anybody. <laughs> now this thing is filling up with water. He's jamming the top. Like, Fast. it is like harrowing. Because yeah. Yeah. imagine, yeah, you. You ditched, you made you, a you survived. decent sea landing, and now you're just going to drown to death because your freaking uh, canopy won't open. Like he can't use the gun because the gun was already underwater when he pulled it out. So he was just trying to use the, the, the butt of it to smash the glass. It's yeah. a hell of a moment. You, you're, my heart was pounding. Between that, the score had my leg. My knee was just... Oh, shoot. I think that might have even been a flare gun. And I thought so was, too. Right, if it right. was a flare gun, he couldn't use it anyway because yeah, he would just set himself on fire with sulfur. 
this is this is worse. Yeah, I'm on fire and drowning. About to be in the flare gun. Oh yeah. Oh man. So yeah, uh, afternoon. Uh, <laughs> back in the sky, uh, we see our boy uh, <laughs> try to chase the German bomber, but the bomber hits uh, hits the ship. And then we see the ship start to tip over. And, like, ironically, just as, like, we see people in the water swimming towards it, right? Oh. So this part, I'm not going to say the movie didn't do a good job of it. I'm just not sure if I caught all all of it. There's a bomber and there's a fighter. There was two fighters at first. The first fighter took Collins out and Farrier takes takes that one out. And then there's another one. But while he's still fighting the other fighter, that's when he sees the bomber going for the ship. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I think there's two fighters up top that take out one, like their 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 leader. Yeah, right. Then they come across the bomber with its fighter escort. They split off. Collins t- uh, goes for the fighter. Maybe a third, uh, maybe a second fighter comes out. I thought it was two on two there, but I think he. Um, Get or I think he took out that bomber. No, and no. When he's on, when he's on, when he's alone, on Farrier, he he looks in his rear view, sees another one about to wreck that destroyer, and then that's when he decides he needs to turn around because the first like he he and Collins are together when they spot the bomber and the escort. Oh, okay. yeah, there was an earlier bomber, but I don't. It it was weird that it took them. It was right, really difficult the first for the bomber was smoking when it went down. Right. We don't yeah. see it crash. We yeah. just see it fly off smoking. Mm-hmm. And then the second, the, the quintessential bomber at like the climax wasn't smoking when yeah. it got shot down. It just, okay. Yeah. So, but that part's a little confusing, but the dog fights were cool. We could talk about that part. It's nice to see real planes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just adds something more tactile. Like the, the engine notes of these planes kind of dig in how ancient this whole ordeal is in technology wise. Because most people think of planes just being like this, yeah, or jets. And this was like, this was like old V8s. Like it was never like the roar of an engine. It was just like the like. The, just the engines just kind of like throttling up and coming back down like it was really kind of a lot more visceral that was like these things cut through the air hard even though mm. they're going fast because they don't have the technology to whip around like planes that were even like 10 years newer later on oh, yeah. like even 10 even 10 years later planes were whipping through the air like much faster than this but these guys were still precise and then to to know 360 of yourself while moving around at those speeds wow. just seems ridiculous without the instrumentation that people have nowadays. Yeah. They just yes. have plain old mechanical clocks to watch. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. There's 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 no radar. It's all what you can see. Mm-hmm. Um there's no, no locking. Crazy, no one's doing a loop the loop or any kind yeah. of like crazy move. It's really just it, and and to have none of that to work with, right? And still have a compelling scene yeah. of just again, it's how you make it tense. You know, you're you're seeing the view from the uh you know, the crosshairs and he's he's firing that gun off. That's all he's got. There's no missiles, there's no like you said, no yeah. locking on. And you're just trying to get him to cross into that freaking stream of bullets mm-hmm. and hope, you know, you 
Like, shoot, where, just, <laughs> shoot where you think he's going, not where he is. Exactly. And then again, because this movie is not about glorifying war, you don't get a big satisfying explosion or fireball. It's a things are smoking and gradually falling out the air. The engine note just just like he's going down. But that's enough because yeah. you're like, good, he won. All right, we can keep going. <laughs> or like uh, my other was. my other favorite part was like how like he's flying around like where is he? Where is he? How do I tell where he is? I just got hit with like eight bullets. He's that way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's 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 my directional. Oh, he's hitting me. <laughs> as good as you got. Oh man. Well, yeah, that, that's pretty dope. So uh, back at Dunkirk, in the ground of vessel, the soldiers hear footsteps on the deck, and when the hatch opens, they grab the dude and they pull him down. And he's like, oh, "Don't shoot! Don't shoot! You know, I'm a Dutch. I, like I came to save y'all, and I ended up getting grounded." <laughs> You know, I'm a, this is a, a Dutch merchant ship, and he left when the tide was out in case the Germans came, which is what they thought, or at least they mentioned it, uh, that the Germans, like, could be right over the hill. Before they can, like, finish, like, interrogating him, I guess, like, a bullet ricochets, and, like, Tommy sees that, like, now there's a, bu- uh, a hole in the hole, then another hole, and then another hole, and, like, or one of the soldiers is like, we, we need to... You know, we need to get out of here. And Tommy, once again, Tommy's smart. He was like, no, nah, no, no, chill, chill, chill. Look at the grouping. It's target practice. I never would have thought of that. <laughs> like, I, I, been... I, I thought they genuinely were like, if we put enough holes in this thing, nobody's going to be able to use it. But target yeah. practice makes sense. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it could have been both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fuck them boats. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you were like shooting a boat trying to like, See if anyone's inside. Kill people inside. You you spread that out. Yeah, you mm-hmm. spread it out. But they're hitting the yeah. one specific spot. There's probably like some sort of marker or something on the outside the boat that they were like trying to aim at. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so like one kid goes to plug the hole, but they're still being shot at, and he gets hit. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no I'm sorry. Laugh. Water, water starts coming in. That's why they don't go to plug the hole if there's no water coming in. Water starts to come in, and like one of the soldiers tries to patch it, and he gets shot. And then like more holes coming in, and then they're like, "We got to plug these holes." And it's like, but no one ain't trying to volunteer. <laughs> like a guy literally said, uh, "said uh, like you're welcome, you're welcome to it. You next, mate." It was something like really sarcastic. I was like, uh. <laughs> When they try to get Gravedigger to go up top uh, before the, gu- the bullets start coming, just like, hey, is Ty coming in? And he's like, nah. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't say a word. He just shakes his head. And he's like, yeah, you're a real talker, aren't you? And it's like, <laughs> it's really, it's unraveling little by little. But it's like, so long you can sit around a bunch of people and not say a word. Yeah. Which... He's an introvert. Leave him be. <laughs> Which, yeah, Harry Styles picks up on, right? Because uh, they realize the ship should float, but they're too they're too heavy. And no one's trying to go volunteer to, to go outside and die, right? To save the rest of them? I mean... So Harry Styles, he turns on Gravedigger. And he points out that, like, yo, Gravedigger never talks. Uh, ergo, he must be a German spy. Because if he did speak, he'd have an accent thicker than sauerkraut. <laughs> because he's a fucking Jerry! <laughs> uh, and Gravedigger, whose dog tag name says Gibson... Uh, eventually speaks in French and (laughs) Harry Styles like he's a frog (laughs) funny Uh, Jerry to this day (laughs) 
I don't know where the fr- where the phrase frog came from for French people. It's I'm the silliest and funniest, least offensive hole. sounding name for a group of people that I've ever heard. It's simultaneously cute, derogatory, yeah, and nonsensical. I kind of like it. The only like logic behind it is the fr. Yeah, <laughs> but British people do that all the time. I mean, like, that's all Jerry is. Yeah. Yeah, you Germans. got you got J E R and you just sent Jerry. They do that with a lot of stuff. I think that is just a plain Jane British thing to just sort of like slip right off the top and just do whatever. It's like they came to America and named everything new whatever was in Britain. They're not that creative, yeah. right? Boiler <laughs> meat. Shout out our UK <laughs> listener. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> UK <laughs> folks, it's a, it's okay. You can just you can just continue to not like America. You all used to if, rule the world. We're allowed to make fun of you a little bit. <laughs> That's fair. You uh, can take a ribbon, isn't it? <laughs> so it's just banter. So yeah. So Harry Style, you know, he's turning on uh, on Gibson or Gibson the Grave Digger now, whatever his name is. <laughs> and Tommy tries to stick up for him, and Tommy is like, "Hey, he didn't kill anyone," and yeah, he must have taken the dead soldier's uniform because of... I mean, he knew that they weren't going to get on the boats. I mean, he just kind of used logic. It's like, yeah, try to find a dead British person on Dunkirk Beach. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. So he's like, yeah, like he that doesn't necessarily mean he killed the guy because there's dead people everywhere. And like, Harry ain't buying it. And uh, But kids like, Tommy's like, oh, he, he's standing out there with the rest of us. And like, the kids protested for not because... The other soldiers, like, they they join Harry's side. And the kid tries to reason with Harry, saying, like, look, he saved us, bro. Like, when the ship got torpedoed, he's the reason we got out. Uh, he didn't say all that. He just said he saved us. Mm-hmm. And Harry asked him if he wanted to volunteer. And Tommy's like, nah, I want to go home. <laughs> but Sorry, he, Dunkirk, I can't do like, that. But one person isn't enough to make this float anyway. This whole time we've been arguing, water just been coming in, right? And Harry, Harry tells him that, like, well, then, you know, you got to go too. <laughs> because the rest of the guys are actually his regiment brothers. So he wasn't about to sell them out anywhere. Highlanders. Everyone starts squabbling. And then, like, you hear the, the British guy announce that, like, hey, they're floating, they're floating. Uh, so he goes to start the engine, and I'm pretty sure he gets taken out. We don't see it. Well, the Dutch, yeah, we barely hear it, but the engine yeah. starts, and, but we also hear bullets coming, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, and that hull turns into Swiss cheese, yeah. <laughs> but since they're floating now, like the tide came in, it floats, and they're getting pulled out to sea, so yeah, so. They probably they had to have been in like a riptide, right? Unless he just started the boat and it was just going in a direction, maybe. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. It don't matter. It don't matter. Stop thinking too much about it. Uh so from the pier we see another ship with evacuees taken off, and Kenneth Branagh and the and James Darcy, the army officer, noticed the Dutch ship floating out uh past the waves. And James Darcy states that like now's the time. The remember before we see the water pushing the boats back. But like yeah. now would be the time for them to get off this beach because the tide is perfect or whatever. And like then P- Kenneth Branagh noticed a whole bunch of small crafts approaching out at sea. So it's like, ah, now's the time. The the civilian ships are here. We're going to get our boys off. That shot was kind of a, a an asshole shot. Like you see the, the 
you just see Kenneth Branagh's face, and it's like this incredulous looking. You're like, oh shit, what the fuck is happening now? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was more bad. <laughs> <laughs> so like, what is what is he yeah. seeing on the horizon? It's just and a then German mech like just crawling, <laughs> just coming out of the water. <laughs> Hitler's like in the in the uh, the top of the mech. It's just he's got he's got uh, he's got uh, he's got Oscar Langley sitting next to him. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh. funny. So back on the Moonstone, Killian Murphy asked if if George is all right, and Sonny's like, "Hell no!" Nah. <laughs> he doesn't say it like that. Like he's not mean, but he's like, "No." Yeah, and he does just straight up go, "No." Yeah, like like, like he does like the head. The head. It was uh, it was the hot Cheeto girl inflection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Like, how's George doing? Is he doing all right? No, I was like, "Oh damn!" <laughs> the head, the head twerking, everything. That's funny. So Collins is uh on the boat. You know, they rescued him, and Collins watches the dogfight up above, and he cheers his buddy on, and like that's the first time we actually hear that his name is Farrier. <laughs> and Sonny calls out that there's men in the water, and Pops steers the boat over to him, and they start pulling him aboard, but they're covered in oil. Uh, from from the bigger the ship the minesweeper that got hit so now there's oil on top of the water and uh, up in the sky farrier he finally manages to shoot down the german fighter that was tailing him so like when he went or when he started to go after the uh the the second bomber y'all said i think so the german fighter that was with the bomber came in behind him and so like he was uh fighting him yeah i think that's right so on the dutch boat now with our with our beach boys now the water is too high and so the soldiers start to bail off the boat and of our main trio we see tommy climb out first and jump and below we see gravedigger still trying to patch up holes and harry like i guess he didn't understand when they yelled abandoned ship because he's french and he just probably didn't speak english so he's still his back is to to the exit and instead of just leaving him down there to die Harry at least tries to get his attention, like, hey, we're leaving. So since they got to get off the boat anyway, it, like, doesn't matter because, you know, now we're not, now he's not the enemy anymore, whatever. Also, he did save his life twice, right? Yeah. Like, come on, man, we're boys. (laughs) So Harry goes up and Gravedigger tries to uh, get to it, but, like, the water's so high that he like he's swimming essentially when he hits his head on like a beam or something and he doesn't make it out uh pour one out for for our french buddy it's just kind of like man he helped y'all so many times (laughs) right like they would be dead if it wasn't for him and it was so sad and all he wanted to do was was survive right i mean all the all all of them wanted to do survive but anyway pour one out for gibson so the kid is swimming with the rest of the soldiers towards the minesweeper and he stops and looks back and he only sees one person. Then he looks back forward at the boat, at the ship and then the overhead bomb and, and at the overhead bomber that's swooping in. So like the kid dives under, under the water and like puts his hands on his head, which maybe you can explain this to me. He, like It looked like he was just covering his ears, but he's underwater, but maybe he was just protecting his head. I mean, sound travels. Through water too, that torpedo hitting the thing was still be loud. Oh, so. that that's makes true. sense. 
That's true. I actually like that touch that um, he would cover his ears under the water because, yeah, uh, it's it's still loud as hell under there. Hmm. Maybe no. louder. Did not know that. I do not swim. <laughs> uh, so yeah so i wasn't sure if he was having a panic attack or what but i think he was just taking cover yeah so back on the moonstone they continue to pull oily soldiers aboard and one stops and sits uh in the wheelhouse where pops is and he refuses to go below deck and like this is the second time i noticed that there's a moment where like you just see a terrified soldier and like previously when the minesweeper got hit the sound of the explosion made like killian murphy like go like crouch down into like the fetal position real quick so like you know he he dealing with like like well they said he's shell-shocked but so he going through it and here's another dude that was going through it and so and it's the second time you're like oh i ain't trying to go below deck because if anything happens (laughs) i might not get out right uh But Pops, like, insists that he gets down there so they can cram as many people in. And then Sonny runs up, and he calls down the hatch, and he's like, hey, be careful, because George is still down there. And a soldier who who sees him turns around, like, we see, oh, it's Harry. It's Harry Styles covered in oil. Turns back to him, and he's like... Careful. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, he's dead, mate. And, like, Sonny, uh, like, you see him, like, kind of take it in for a second, and he's like, so, so, but so bloody be careful then. <laughs> like, oh, his friend's dead. Yeah. Pour one out for our boy, George. He deserved better. I mean, life. Yeah. Life gone. So, yeah, we go into war. So, yeah. And then here's the part. So, immediately after this, Killian Murphy comes up <laughs> and he's like, hey, is George going to be okay? And like, Sonny looks at him, pauses. And remember, the last time they spoke, he asked him, uh, if he's okay, and he's like, nah. Like <laughs> this time, he pauses and he's like, he's got a hole in his skull. He can't see. Yeah. So he tells him, and Killing Murphy's like, okay, and like you see him kind of be like a little relieved, and he goes back to trying to help get soldiers out the water. And like Sonny looks over at Pops, and Pops gives him like a a head nod of approval, like, yeah, man, good, good on you, because he didn't mean to hurt him. He just he just fucked up from war. Like, imagine, like, he loses it at that moment. Like, what happens? That, like, yeah, just keep him calm. Yeah, yeah, just, just the best thing we could do is just keep him calm. He's he's actually helping right now anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know if you noticed my notes. I was keeping track of the different timelines with colors. Now I have a new color because everything converges. The kid, Tommy, like, through, he surfaces through the oil now and he sees that the minesweeper is done for and like the but the bomber is swooping is cycling back back around and tommy starts swimming away from it as fast as he can right as hard as he can and collins on the moonstone is watching and he yells like like he's watching up uh at the the bomber coming back in and he's like come on farrier come on and farrier swoops in behind the german bomber and he opens fire and like now you can really like this is the fastest the talk the the, the ticking's going now like because, you know, it's the fucking climax. And, like, Ferry gets the bomber as Colin watches, but notices that the bomber is going to crash and explode in the water where all the fucking oh, oil boy. is. And, like, he starts to 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 yell for Pops to hit the gas. Like, go, go, go. And there's still dudes in the water. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just, and, like, as soon as the boat, like, kicks it into gear, 
Sonny grabs one last hand in the water and he holds on. And like we see the moonstone take off and the bomber explodes and on impact and like the oil catches fire and like the flames are racing towards the boat. And uh but Sonny continues to hold that arm of the like the last soldier in the water, and eventually we see him get pulled up, and it's Tommy! Our boy made it! <laughs> Look after, uh, after all been a whole movie with one person at least. <laughs> Look, man, like especially once you saw that like everybody else was gone and he started swimming back, it was like, oh, that's a wrap. And 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 they made it a point to show that he was covered in oil. Like, yeah. oh yeah. man, and he was the last one pulled out because there was still others in the water. But he managed to swim his ass off. Man, he's such a good swimmer. He managed to swim his ass off to get to the Moonstone before the other dudes did. Because as he's being pulled up, you can see and hear that the other dudes in the water are being burned to death. Did did not <laughs> did not make it. Mm, like you hear, like you hear the yeah, like I, I don't know why I decided to do a scream, but. <laughs> <laughs> we keep checking on that one dude who just like dropped under the neath. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was like, swim, go forward, try to clear it. Yeah. But nah, he just goes underneath and then just like trying to hold his breath. Like, dude, that fire ain't going away. No, that, it's not a match. <laughs> and I thought the same thing. I was like, okay, if he starts treading like in a direction, he might get from under it because his oil is pretty heavy. Yeah. It's not spreading out, but he just, he just pulls a Sonic the Hedgehog and like, he just goes straight up and I was like no <laughs> no what are you doing <laughs> so yeah now uh, Ferry now close enough uh, to survey the beach sees the civilian crafts about to finish off the evacuation just as his engine dies so before he ran out of fuel and then no he, he ran out of fuel and then he used his uh, what's it called like auxiliary, like his auxiliary. yeah that's a reserve yeah so but now that's out so he's, he's it's done it's a wrap and kenneth Branagh continues to oversee things and he's all happy and he's calling out to the boats happy and then he sees uh farrier's plane gliding above uh but it ain't over yet because another enemy fighter swoops in and like, like bro the fighter and like he instructs sunny to like steer the moonstone a, a specific way like we're gonna go in this direction and basically what he was trying to do was convince the fighter pilot that, oh, we're going here. Because remember, it's shoot where they're going, not where yeah. they are. And then turn the boat at the last second so they end up dodging the bullets, which they did. And then this at the same time, we, we see uh, the plane is also at the beach because the timelines started to pass each other again. It's the same plane at the beach, and Kenneth Branagh sees that he's about to swoop in, but then he gets shot down by Farrier, who, remember, he ain't got no fuel left. The dude was gliding. No. He saw the shit, and I was about to say glid. What's the past tense of glided? <laughs> he glued? <laughs> we're going to coin glid. We're going to coin that right now. <laughs> he, he, he glid back around. <laughs> and got the, the 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 pilot so like as a viewer we see the moonstone dodge the bullets and the plane get exploded by farrier at the same time just which technically whoa. it's two different timelines and it's the same plane but it's pretty neat uh yeah 
like just in the nick of time. And it's like it's wild because you thought Fairy was done counted yeah. out. <laughs> he still swooped back in and got one last in with no fuel left. Because he's a freaking ace, son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other people were other people were they had they adopted flying planes. He was born in them, <laughs> molded by them. <laughs> He told that that ger- that last German fighter, "What makes you think you're in charge?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> uh, so we see the film, and like this is the ending, obviously. So the film concludes three ways with the, each group we followed, right? So with the Moonstone, uh, Sonny takes George's picture to the to the newspaper, and they get an arg- article published about him, calling him a hero, like he had hoped. Tommy and Harry, like, they were being evacuated out on a, well, not it's not still evacuation, but they were being taken out on a, by train to, like, another city, uh, city, city, to another city, where... That's what the Brits say, yeah? Siri. <laughs> Siri. <laughs> to, to another city where, uh, Harry was, like, flipping out, like, man, they're gonna treat us like crap, I can't look anybody in the eye, because we, we ran away, we ran away, but there was a at the same time. There was like a dude running next to the train. Like, he, when I, he was hitting on the window, it was like, okay, bring it down a notch, dude. Yeah, you, ain't, like, you didn't go. Why you trying to? Why you so hard? He didn't see this dude running next to the train with two beers. Like, yeah, when he pulled out the beers, I was like, oh damn, yeah. okay. I felt the same thing. I was like, fuck this dude. <laughs> Back that up to the train yard before they get on the train. Yeah. It's still dark, and uh, you know they're getting blankets and whatever. Yeah. And there's the dude who's apparently blind. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's clear. Blind, he just wasn't looking up. He was looking down when he was. Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, the subtitles called him Blind Man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. I think it's Christopher Nolan's like uncle or something. Anyway. Oh, and John Nolan from Following. Oh. Hey. Hey. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He was the policeman in Following. There you go. Okay. And um, <laughs> that's funny. it's like, he's just, he's handing out blankets and saying, you know, good job, good job. And one's like, good job. We didn't do anything. So all we did was survive. And he's like, that's enough. That's, good. that's enough. And they touched dude's face. But then that was the guy who really set Alex's hairstyle off because he was like, he couldn't even look us in the face. It's like, brother, he was blind. Somebody tell him. <laughs> <laughs> look, Harry. <laughs> Harry Styles. Somebody let this man know. Harry had feelings. Tommy was a genius. (laughs) Frenchie was a genius. Harry, Harry was just along for the ride. Look, everybody can't be smart. Hey, (laughs) what you thought he was just, just his neck hurt? Like what? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good catch. And then with Farrier's story, it ends with him like he his not only was his fuel gauge broken, but his his landing gear like he couldn't get it to deploy, so he had to hand crank it, and he was hand cranking the his wheels out just in the nick of time for the plane to land, and but he landed on Dunkirk Beach, and the evacuation is already kind of over. Plus, he's far away. You know, he's behind enemy lines now. So he takes his flare gun, sets his plane on fire, just waits. And man, he gets captured by the Germans. Oh, God, it's Tom Hardy. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah when he took the thing off, I was just like, I was just like, oh, no, they're about to get their ass kicked by Mad Max. <laughs> it's like, you guys can arrest him, but your problems are just beginning. Oh, no. 
they fit they took his plane and they fixed it up he's like that's my plane it's mine he's on the inside now <laughs> this is what he wanted deleted scenes <laughs> tom hardy or farrier farrier meets hitler what makes you think you're in shot <laughs> he made it look like a suicide <laughs> <laughs> anyway so that's the movie we did it yeah <laughs> so uh what was your favorite aspect of the film jamel so i think i've touched on it before but just just the tone like it really yeah um i i couldn't say that uh the second time around i really was like emotionally into this movie like you know there's mm-hmm. no scene that's like the stuff that happens to uh what's his name uh george is really sad and i wish you wish had no tears for george not this time uh maybe i did the first time but um i felt between, I, I felt it this time i mean i think i felt it the first time but i still felt it this yeah. time. It was, maybe a little emotionally manipulative but i mean it's there George like, and you know, but overall this movie just it has it has a mission uh to make you feel anxious and to mm-hmm. and it's got a a theme that survival theme and it, it is on message look the whole you way. usually find it in horror movies or good horror movies that can master tone like you usually find it there where they can use like the music and the atmosphere and everything or to build the atmosphere of like tension and you see you get it here there's so much more going on obviously than just the clock ticking but that definitely like i'm not gonna say it helped it it helped obviously it's all a part of it it was just really cool like obvious way to show the shit is building it it was just as important as the multi-speed um score from uh what's the other nolan movie um inception inception because that score was made to sound different at different speeds when the when the van is falling in slow motion yeah that sound is still the same score at the slowest pace in the movie so that it's like awesome. it's. Oh, yeah. th- I feel like that it's, it's, was uh, layers, right? Yeah, they use layers. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, to me, really rounded out this the the ticking and the score working together that way. Really reminded Which me is of, also of that much from there. Zimmer, right? Yeah, yeah. actually. Yep. My Zimmer. favorite. I know I'm not gonna get too into it because we've been talking long enough. But my favorite is is Interstellar. That's my favorite movie of all time. But that that fucking Interstellar score, oh my goodness! Like I I can tear up listening to it at work. Just hope nobody come by my desk. <laughs> and I, I cry just because I'm at work. <laughs> what was your favorite aspect, Tim? Um, uh, it's weird to say it for like all of the ones we've watched, but the way they kind of worked the time component. Following it was like being told a story. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with Memento, it was like having a brain injury. Uh, <laughs> but in this one, it was closer to the story thing again, like the way you would watch History Channel, mm. and they would kind of stack these things in order to get you to understand like where, like the severity of things. Yeah. Obviously, History Channel isn't going to be nearly as segmented, but they don't really just give you like, here's what happened to this plane guy all at once. They'll give you it in a timeline 
so that you understand how like when things were happening the same way if you would watch the civil war uh like you know stories or things like that they're not just going to be like at the end this happened and then jump back to the beginning they're really going to give it to you in order but this still the severity still felt like it was in that order to or the things were in the order they were in to kind of heighten the severity of it it could have been yeah. in chronological order but you just kind of would have been floating along not really taking in how these things were how how connected it all is yeah this isn't a movie in chronological order because in chronological order it's a bunch of time wasted on the beach i mean you get like a couple boats sinking and, and some stuff like it's not nothing but like it's front loaded with that for like the whole first half of the movie and then suddenly there's the boat and then at the very end there's the planes yeah and like that just there's not enough this to get all these aspects and to get all these stories the way that we see them it's not i don't think it works as an entertaining movie not particularly without yeah outside of this yeah Yeah. i was thinking about that too yeah i don't think uh, first of all the the plane one would be like a seven minute thing <laughs> barely <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah i think my favorite aspect is is definitely the time and attention which is shit both of y'all said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i didn't think about it until you we were talking and you brought it up about how different of a war movie it is and i appreciate that too so that's dope uh is there a specific scene uh, i'm gonna I'm, we'll, we'll double up to save time favorite scene favorite character um, well, I feel for George, and I just like from the from the jump. As soon as he stepped back on the boat, I was like, "Oh man!" I felt like he was either going to be a a problem or he wasn't going to make it back. But as far as favorite favorite scene is kind of Hardy like swinging in at the last moment, taking out yeah. the plane, and then just casually landing on the beach even though he knows he's probably not coming back from it yeah he did he did what his job was and didn't like falter about it It was like this is what we came to do yeah because he had he had the opportunity to go back we saw him think about it like it's like okay this is the moment i'm about to run out of fuel or i'm about to do the damn thing or i'm about to go home or i'm about to run out of fuel and do the damn thing and he was like all right (laughs) buckle up yeah what you gotta do hard to do that moment like him him taking out that last dive bomber is the most triumphant part of the movie easily because you thought he because you just knew it was done because my job here is done i ain't got no fuel left i'm flying this way the plane came from that way and then he swooped back and got it man all right Uh, so so much (laughs) well i'm gonna try not to mm, uh, let's see Mm, damn uh he kind of he kind of took the best part Um, you can have the same one yeah, no. Uh, other than that, okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give a shout out to, uh, to 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 the Collins scene. I think is another one of the more like I said harrowing ones. I think I really yeah. liked how the movie's structure recontextualizes it, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's a it's a really good moment. And then getting him on the boat changes the dynamic there too. Yeah. And uh, also shout out to uh, what's the guy? we never even said the freaking dad's name. Um, the he does. He, they never said the dad's name. He has yes. his name in the they, credits, but yeah. nobody ever. He unless calls George, him that. George, George says it in the beginning, maybe. Mr. Dawson. Mr. Dawson. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Dawson is. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and call him my favorite character. True yeah, player for real. 
He doesn't have to be here. He could have given his boat up to the to the Navy, let yeah. them do their thing. He's like, nah, he's we, also, we got real this. quick, he, we, we didn't mention it, but uh, at some point, he said that he knew that they'd make it because his son was protecting yeah. them. And mm. was it Collins or somebody was like, oh, you're Royal Air Force or something? And he said, no. Turn turns to this child and it's like, wait. Yeah. If he knows that that's his son, he's like, wait, you're Royal yeah. Air Force? And he's like, nah, my, my big brother died in the beginning of the war. And three weeks in. Three weeks in. And like, dad knew that he'd be watching over us. It's like, yeah. oh. Yeah. And despite that, despite already sacrificing, sacrificing family son, for this yeah. country, he yep. still went back. Still, still came out here. Still went for it. Guy. So I'll go ahead and give him my favorite character. Yeah. That, that's a good thing. Okay. I wasn't going to do this to save time, but fuck, fuck time. This is one of my favorite questions. Okay. Now that we know who your favorite character is, <laughs> what character are you, though? <laughs> uh, I know people would call me Frog. Because I just try, I'm just trying to help. A lot of the times, I'm not really like completely. I don't want to like really like dig in and like get credit for it. It was just like you know, if there's a time when things need to get done, I'll t- I'll try to poke myself in there. But um, there's a chance uh, I'm Harry Styles because I'll just be like, uh uh-uh, uh, no, uh-uh, this uh-uh. motherfucker ain't talk. <laughs> Like no, I'm I'm suspicious because stuff is suspicious. What are we talking about? <laughs> it's like why, why don't you trust him? Because I don't. He had done anything to make me trust him. That's why. Jamel, he saved your life three times. I, I don't know, know him. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I'm Tommy because I'm I'm I'm. I like to think I'm compassionate, and empathetic. You got main character you know, No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like, like again, this main character is like the least yeah, not, he's special not really the main, ca- I guess. main character. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'm I'm not an asshole in general. Mm-hmm. Tiffer, I might disagree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if if I was out here and there was an ally trying to just get out of the combat zone, like I'm gonna help him out. I see you, man. I ain't gonna try to blow up your spot. And um, I'm. Just, I think a hair smarter than the average bear. You know, Tom was figuring some stuff out. I think I, I, I hopefully I'd, I'd be on that. Yeah, he was, he was on the ball. I liked him. Yeah, but like you said, I might also be Alice. So you know, <laughs> the, the, the duality of man. <laughs> My favorite character. I don't want to go easy and say and say Farrier. My favorite character. I think uh, it's Frenchie. <laughs> but. <laughs> Who who am I? I want to say I'm Kenneth Branagh because my dumb ass would stay back for the French. No, no disrespect to the French, but but like you know, like I I'd be so about my duty. And From like, I said, do I'm up here because I run shit and my moral like like look what we did already. Like, yeah, I'm going to save them we too. We saving everybody. Like uh, you know, we saving everybody today. We got to get the French next. Like so, I think that would be me. Also, like you know, he ain't sleep. He just stood at the end of the pier for seven days. <laughs> that was a time skip. Was him taking a nap? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Also, shout out Kenneth Branagh. He can act his ass off, but he ain't got no lips. <laughs> that should drive me crazy. Like he has zero lips. 
Like that's why I like the the Orient Express movies with Hercule Poirot because like the focus is on his mustache, not his lips, because he ain't got none. Uh, I love you, Kenneth Branagh. Look like, look like a mother. I, I hated Thor one, but I, I I don't understand why you have no lips. Hated. <laughs> hated is a strong word. First, no, so first I still Thor gave was it slow. like a six or a seven, but uh, it, it was slow. It wasn't Second a bad Thor movie. was like, I see what you want to do, but you didn't make it. I, I, I didn't like the first Thor enough that the second Thor I actually loved. <laughs> Thor was a hard task. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, Thor. I think uh, they got it, it with a third movie, but still. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll, that's uh, the only one that really had. They're like, anyway. oh, he's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Himbo Thor. Yeah, we got yeah. it. Nailed it. No way. It's it's the uh, upgrade. Upgrade. No, go back. <laughs> uh, so final thoughts, if you have any. Final thoughts on this movie. Um, Nolan in his bag. Um, in Nolan we trust. I think that's what the uh, the rallying cry was when this movie started being uh, advertised. And uh, he's only kind of let us down once. In his entire career. So. Hold up, hold up. You know what I'm talking about. No. Oh, no? No. Nah. What, what, Bat Voice? Tenet. He's going to say Tenet. Nah, fuck you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're not going to get into it for like another two years. <laughs> I don't want to just focus on one, you know. I need to watch it again. I not, need to watch it We're not going to um, do the sci-fi Nolan trilogy probably until his next movie comes out, which probably is going to be a sci-fi. I'm going to guess, uh, but who knows? Like who knows? But in two years, we go. We gonna fight about Tenet. I'm make sure you <laughs> you on the Tenet episode. Okay, I'll be here. All right. Um, um but, but yeah, but, I give it uh, at least it's four out of five for me. Okay. All right, Tim. Uh, same as always. I would definitely recommend this movie to uh someone. Not even just someone who's like a, a film person. I feel like it's there's enough going on that you can really dig in to this movie. And depending on who you're watching it with, you can talk through it. Because even though there's signs where it's confusing, it's still really clear about what is yeah. happening. And there isn't like constant dialogue either. So. Right. There's a lot of times when no one is even like establishing. All the scene establishing is what you can see. So it's kind of interesting that way too. Uh, uh, I definitely say I would recommend this to other people. That's my main main takeaway from it. It's a good movie. Yeah, can't say anything that hasn't already been said. Ratings, yeah. For this one, I would buy the full price Criterion. Five out of five. Buy the deluxe 4K and spoon it. I have it. That's what I. <laughs> um, this is a ten out of ten for me. I absolutely loved it. And then I even had second thoughts like. Am I going to love it the second time? Maybe because, like, Memento kind of made me question it a little bit. But when I was watching it, like I told you, I spent five hours watching this movie because I kept rewinding, making sure, not just for the template, but I would rewind, get caught up paying attention and forgot to pay attention to what I was trying to write about and have to go back. Yeah, like, and even while doing that, the tension still stayed for me and I was still a hundred percent in it. So probably definitely maybe my, my favorite war movie. Yeah. 10 out of 10 by whatever fancy edition exists. And on that note, guys, not only is it the end of the episode, but we also concluded our second mini series. Oh yeah. Uh, Christopher Nolan and his, uh, 
grounded. Uh, we're one realism. step closer. We're one step closer to the to the fast. It's series. gonna happen. I've, I've been I've been Ooh. hyping it up for what 15, 16 episodes now. <laughs> uh, sometimes I cut it out of the episode because they don't need to keep hearing it. No, uh, but <laughs> they're gonna be like, okay. It's gonna not. happen. It's gonna I'm happen. down for a hate watch. No, no, no hate watching. Anyway, uh, wrap it up plug oh yeah so thank you for listening uh that's been our dunkirk episode our, our christopher nolan miniseries and uh plugs tim you got anything oh same old same old right now just uh look uh look for dnd sluggers if you search it on google you will run into a softball team uh, in i th- want to say there is south georgia that's not me that's just a bunch of other sweaty dudes. I'm one dude, and I only get sweaty if I don't breathe correctly at the beginning of my set. <laughs> Check me out. Patreon, Spotify, Bandcamp, wherever you find D&D Sluggers, give it a listen. The pennies help. Uh, Jamel, you got anything you want to plug? I mean, you, I mean, you don't uh, have to. But no, I, plug your I would like, I would like to. Okay, if uh, if any of you would like, they don't to, have uh, to follow. <laughs> <laughs> if any of you would like to uh, see what kind of movies I'm about, I'm on Letterbox. That uh, finally somebody else who has a Letterbox. I'll make yeah. one. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> That's M E L L O eight seven. Super basic. Um, and Twitter for as long as that still exists because <laughs> we talked about that last episode. we won't even we won't get in well you see what happened since last episode Ooh, buddy no we, now I'm they're, saying... they're, capping, they're capping you at like six thousand tweets to look at yeah the rent explained uh, if, it to if, me. if you have the check <laughs> oh, yes if you or if you don't like it's insane it's um, like 600 if you don't got the check i don't know like 30 I don't, seconds of scrolling i don't think i scroll that hard but i was just thinking i was like that's that's a day if you're real active, isn't it? That's barely a day if you're real active. Why would you even? But anyway, so that's a uh, Semper Mello. That's a uh, S E M P E R underscore M E L L O. Um, I say some funny stuff sometimes. Sometimes, occasionally. All right, and uh, I am uh, at Tiffzilla on Letterbox. I need to update. I haven't updated in a couple of weeks. Um, and you can follow the podcast at SGBK podcast on Twitter, but you know, that might not exist. Uh, so we got to figure out what we're going to do from there. And, uh, please like subscribe, follow whatever the podcast, however you listen to us and tell your mama about it. Thank you. Yeah. This was a blast, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, Good to hear you on here. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Till next time. Right on.